Yesterday, I'm coming down the uh, stairs. Tucker's just sitting there in the living room, just chilling. All of a sudden, he gets he gets up and starts going towards the uh, the wall where you have the benches with the uh, bucket for like umbrellas and stuff. And all right. of a sudden, he darts like kind of behind it. You know, well, the first one he's walking over there. I thought, oh, he's just gonna maybe there's a ball right there that I can't see from my point of view, and he's gonna go. You know, he's like, oh, hey, somebody's here to play with. Hey, yay! Because his parents were gone. He's like, all right, someone to play with. So I thought he's going for a ball. Then he darts behind the bucket, and I'm like, whoa, what's what's going on? I thought, okay, maybe maybe a, he likes to chase flies. So I'm like, oh, maybe a fly went behind there. All of a sudden, this mouse comes out from behind. Oh, geez. Yeah. He got it and killed it, but oh, my gosh, a mouse in the house. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Disgusting. He killed it, and, yeah, grabbed a doggy bag and threw it in the trash out in the garage, but gross. Just the thought of those things crawling around the house. Dude, yeah, I know. It's this around, because we saw one, we caught it, and then it got away, and then we found, like, three baby mice, too. Oh, it's so gross. At a separate time. I, we killed the baby mice, and then Andromeda caught a big mo- mouse recently when I told you guys about how she left it in the bed. Oh. Okay, <laughs> well, luckily it wasn't that bad, but oh, oh. Yeah, I've well, never had a problem with mice before. I'm like, I'm glad I have a cat because boom. Yeah, I guess we a couple were spotted in the garage, so there's traps out there. But my God, it was in the house. So it's just oh, it's so disgusting. Yeah, it is gross. So nasty. I don't know. I know. C- could be worse. Could be birds. It could be birds. <laughs> well, I'm gonna start here. Stretch my arms. Ugh. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Movies and Brews, where we talk movies. And we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring at me through the Zoom camera here is Daniel. Hello, hello. So, today we're going to get into some Alfred Hitchcock classics. First, we're going to do Rear Window from 1954, followed by The Birds from 1963. So sit back, relax. Grab a drink and spy on some neighbors. Okay, Daniel. Well, before we get going here, what are you drinking on your end? Oh, I don't have a beer. Uh, you don't have a beer? I think we have terminal gravity IPAs. Hell. What do you think? Yeah, give you me one. Go get one. Go get one. Well, Daniel is grabbing a beer here. Um, yeah, how's everybody doing out there? Is everybody enjoying quarantine? I got to say, it hasn't been that bad for me. I'm still working, so it's still, for the most part, business as usual. I just can't go do anything lately. Can't go grab a drink at a bar anywhere. Can't go to the movies, which is something I love. Obviously, we love doing that on this show. Can't do that. Um a lot of uh, parks are closed around the area, so I just can't go walking in them. It's been a, yeah, real drag. Oh, and he's back. And I'm back with my beer. Cool. What do you got there? Which is. So I've got Block 15's Brewing Company Sticky Hands IPA, which I don't think I've, oh, I think had. I've had that. I don't think I've had this one, so opening it right now. It was a gift from somebody, so thank you, Nancy. Thanks, Nancy. Mmm, tasty. Ah, yeah, that's good. Mmm. All right. Beer's delicious. It's past noon, so it's okay. That's right. Hey, it's one o'clock. We are good. All right, Daniel. Let's go. Uh, let's get going here. Let's. Uh, you got some movie news to start off with? I know we've had at least uh, one passing from a celebrity in the last few days. Oh yes, I kind of almost forgotten about that. Um, yeah, Jerry I, Stiller. Yeah. Better known, better known to our generation as Ben Stiller's dad. <laughs> but yes, Jerry Stiller is no longer with us. He died at the age of ninety-two the other day. Yeah, that's it. I run. remember. He was one of the best characters in Zoolander. Yeah. And I do, I did like him in King of Queens. I didn't watch that show a lot, but those are the two things that I remember him from. 
Yeah, I remember him in a couple movies, mainly Zoolander, like you said. And he he played a um, George's dad in Seinfeld, which I've seen only a few episodes of, but he was I've seen a couple with him in him. Oh, but I mean, he he was okay, yeah. really big and well known throughout our parents' generation. Like everybody knew Jerry Stiller, but yeah, we we better know his son Ben obviously these days, and we just know him as Ben's dad. But yeah, great uh, comedic legend, and he will be missed. Heck yeah, dude! And then the other thing that just been like. They've been dumping out since like last time was casting for the season two and season three of The Mandalorian. I've heard some rumors. More more character rumors than actual. Yeah, because for well, we've got it reported that Boba Fett is gonna come in season two and then have a bigger part in season three. I've heard that rumor. What do you what do you think of that? Do we want to see the Boba Fett? Do we Fuck want it yeah. to focus on Mandalorian more? I, I guess, mean, he's wearing, he's a, well, Boba Fett isn't a Mandalorian, but he wears Mandalorian armor. So it would right. be pretty cool to see them scrap up and just beat the shit out of you. So this confirms he did not die in the Scarlet Pit. He did find his way out. Yeah. And I know I've never read like any Star Wars comics, but I know like in like comics and in canon books, he makes it out of the Sarlacc Pit. So. It is something that has I mean, happened. I mean, he's wearing a helmet. I mean, for all we know, he uh, just had to do a few adjustments in there and then rock, uh, you know, um, jetpacked his way out of there. By, by that time, you know, everybody had already blown up Jabba's sailor barge and they were gone. So it might have happened just moments after the Rebels left. But exactly. yeah, I'm excited. I guess my only thing, it sounds like they're going to be introducing some really cool characters. Boba Fett, uh, that one lady Jedi. Ahsoka Tano. Yes, her. And then we also have another Mandalorian cast with Katie Sackoff, who will appear as Bo Katan, which she's from the Clone Wars TV show. Oh, okay. She's actually the voice actor actor for the character in the Clone Wars TV show. Oh, and that's, that's cool. a badass character because she's part of like a Mandalorian like I think they call themselves Death Watch. They're essentially like she's part of a terrorist cell of Mandalorians. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, that will be uh, interesting to see for sure. I, I guess my only fear is I don't want to see Mandalorian be a side character. I want him to still be the main focus that we revolve around and everything be from his point of view. It'd be great to see Boba Fett, but I still like, I still, after the first season, really like the Mandalorian character himself and want right. to continue following him. But yeah, some good news though for that, for sure. And I mean, you got Robert Rodriguez confirmed for an episode, it sounds like. I'm sure, um, Favreau will do another episode. Oh, I'm sure. And maybe uh, is uh, Tycho supposed to come back for an episode? I think Tycho Watiti is also still coming back for another episode too. Awesome. Oh, see that that's so cool. Oh, dude, that's gonna be fucking sweet. It makes me. It just gets me so much more hyped for the new stuff. Have they begun filming this season yet? Yeah, they started production on the filming almost immediately after. And they said that it wasn't going to be delayed from the coronavirus, which means it must have been, like, for the most part, like, well underway. So maybe it was mostly in post-production special effects and stuff that they're doing? Possibly. But well, it looks like cool. it's still coming in Because, I mean, you can have a skeleton crew for that. Exactly. So, you know, it, it looks like it's going to be good to go. Hopefully it's going to be just as good as the first season, if not better. I hope so, yeah. I, w- I want to go back and rewatch the first season. I'm, this time I'm going to watch it in, like, two days. <laughs> two settings. Yeah, I watched the first episode uh, last week because I was just in a Star Wars mood. I mean, May the 4th. I'm like, okay, I watched New Hope. I finished up Clone Wars. I just want to keep this ball rolling. So I started The Mandalorian again. But I only watched the first episode. Oh, still. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's something else I heard about recently movie news Uh, out there. I thought there's Avatar news or something. I didn't any avatar that i was interested in was that i saw that uh they announced that dis- instead of going to theaters they're going to put the hamilton like video with the original cast on disney plus so they're making like a hamilton movie but it was more or less just you know them filming the stage play and they were going to put that in theaters but now it's just going to be on Disney Plus, which I'm interested to actually see Hamilton. I, you know, we don't live near New Hamilton or Hamlet, New York. I haven't seen to go see that lately. Hamilton. Okay. 
So I'm excited for that so I can just have access to watch that and see yeah, what that, it's all about. That would be pretty cool. Other than that, I can't. It, I haven't really seen a lot of other news. Does, where do you go? Does Box Office Mojo, where do you go to figure out what these um, streaming services, or not the streaming services, but these video on demands, how much the studio is making off them? Because we heard a rumor that Trolls, the new, the new World Tour or whatever, made $100 million, But... I don't know. Is, is Box Office Mojo covering that? I don't know. I'm pulling them up because I'd love to know how good all these are doing. Right, yeah. Trolls World Tour is like the biggest one, I think. <laughs> Real quick here. Top 2020 movies. Bad Boys for Life is number one. <laughs> Damn. Not a bad movie, but holy cow. <laughs> man, this, uh, this year just Rough start for the movie so far. Oh man, for the versus, you know how they do versus sixty-eight for the sixty-eight day total. Onward, sixty-one point five million. Yeah, Angry Birds, Angry Birds movie, hundred and six point seven. Ooh, we beat <laughs> on that. Yeah, it's just kind of a fucking shame. That's just sad. Oh, for the eighty-nine day total, Sonic the Hedgehog beat out Pikachu from last year by two million margin but that's kind of surprising and i didn't know this um because you know john wick is a pretty big deal these days but for 117 day total uh bad boys for life beat out john wick 3 204.4 to 171 million Oof, that surprises me but i'm also glad to see bad boys do really well too because i feel like we need more movies like that yeah we do just fun action movies all right yeah so i'm looking like is there a, a category somewhere that says like video on demand sales because yeah i would love to know what everything's doing because what was that uh the invisible man came out on all right yeah i don't know how to check those but i don't know oh the only other thing i forgot i saw this but it just popped up in my feed again was since you know coronavirus is hitting all the theaters pretty hard Apparently, Amazon is rumored to be considering takeover of Amazon. Like, I guess, completely, like, buying them out. You cut out there for a second. Who, who do they want to buy out? Amazon rumored to be considering buying out AMC theaters. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I just hope our uh, favorite um, Academy Theater still stays above Comes ground. Around. I mean, I'm going to go support the crap out of that when they open again. Yeah, I'll be like, dude, you you put up a hot lineup. We'll go every day, right? I'm gonna, yeah, buy like here's a close pizza and beers I can to keep them open. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, enough movie theater talk here. Uh, Is that it for some movie news going around? Yeah, that's pretty much it. All righty. Well, let's move into some other things we saw this week. I've only got one for this week. What about you? Uh, Sam, I only have one. Would you like to go first? Yes. So speaking of movies that aren't in theaters, but we can watch at home, Shiloh and I hit our peak, like, I don't know what we should do with our time. So we actually sat down and we watched uh, Trolls World Tour. Very nice, very nice. And And it was... It was just, eh, like, it was, the songs were okay. Some of them were okay. The premise was fun, I guess. Like I said, like, if I, if I had a kid who wanted to watch that all the time, I'd kill myself. <laughs> but it's just, ugh. it's not, it's not horrible. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen in theater, like a modern kids movie. It's just not an elevated kids movie. Now, have like you seen the first one? Works yeah so i don't know like if you're curious i don't really think it's worth your time if you're actually just curious about it Mm -hmm. i would just pass it up watch something better okay yeah i still have not seen the first one i would definitely want to see that first before seeing this new one this new one looked kind of fun i mean i like the whole idea of different rock bands different genres but it just did just not come together just not funny or just too slapsticky for kid kid humor 
it's just way it's slapsticky it's kid humor it's just like over the top but not funny well that's too bad i mean there are a few like surprises like you see like queen barb who's like the the queen of like the rocker trolls Mm -hmm. um her dad was voiced by ozzy osbourne oh really yeah i'm just like well he's ozzy osbourne just kind of like like just an old sure whatever so i thought that was kind of funny but i don't know it's just eh. the songs were like the rock songs were cool though i guess and i also think it's interesting to think about just like oh how do you get a kid into like old rock is just do you is that how you do it you just make them watch like trolls too i don't know i don't know if that actually works i don't know well, I, I mean, rumor has it's making a lot of money on the uh, video on demand. Yeah, you know, proof enough that even after this ends, the quarantine ends, they might still just release stuff directly to video on demand. Yep. So yeah. Kind of it'll, be, it'll be interesting, yeah, to see where things go from here. I guess it just depends how fast people flock back to the theater. Yeah. Yeah, what are they trying to make it? That tenant is the first big one that people go back to. They're trying to make it. I've seen rumors yeah. that it's not going to happen. And that's another example of a director. Any Chris Nolan movie is a must see in theaters. I mean, what Chris Nolan movie would you want to see for the first time just at your home? I mean, uh, he, all his movies are a theatrical experience from Inception to Dark Knight to Interstellar to um, what was that world, uh, the, the war movie he did just recently. Um, Dunkirk. Dunkirk, yeah. All must-see in theater movies, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Now, yeah, like, there's there are obviously some movies that you need to see in theaters. But a lot of them, you're just, like, a lot of horror movies, for the most part, don't usually need a theater, theatrical release. I mean, I don't know. It they depends. A, they need a quiet audience. Yeah. That's the but, only thing. That's the only thing these days drive me away from freaking theaters is people that just don't shut the hell up or put their phone away. That's the thing. I've I'm already radicalized. I'm at the point where I don't want to go to the theaters anymore. Yeah, not me. If you sit so I can watch it on my couch, for I feel like for ninety percent of the stuff, I would be okay with. There's obviously like the Avengers and like Marvel movies I want to see in theaters. Yeah, Black Widow. Yeah, exactly. Like stuff like that. Wonder like Woman. I'd still go to the theaters. I just wouldn't go as often. Yeah, which is also fine with me. <laughs> All right. Well, let me get it. So I saw a documentary here called Memory: The Origins of Alien. This was available to rent on Amazon, and yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was directed by um, Alexandre uh, O. Philip Philippi. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he was the same guy that directed that uh, Hitchcock documentary that we talked about uh, a few months back here, the 7852, the shower scene from Psycho. Oh, right, right, right. So same director. And so, yeah, he gets into just a lot of talking about um, Ridley Scott's Alien. He talks mainly about, um, I can't think of the guy's name. Let me look it up here real quick. The main guy that wrote the story. He talks about a lot about him. Like we kind of go back and talk about his upbringing a little bit, where he went to school, and just things that influenced him to write the story. Dan O'Bannon, that's the guy's name. So yeah, we talked a lot about him in this documentary. Yeah, it was definitely a talking head documentary. There's still they could do a lot of um, you know, in the background they'll show like a lot of footage from the movie or concept art, which was it was really cool seeing a lot of early concept art for this. So yeah, yeah HR Geiger concept art too. But yeah, a lot a lot of uh, cast and crew interviews. So it was just, just a lot of fun to kind of just take a look back and just what kind of influenced him to write such a story like this. You know, like different things from comic books to like Egyptian mythologies, just all that kind of stuff. Sweet. Yeah, I know you were telling me about that and that sounded really interesting. Yeah, it, it, and it was. It was pretty cool to see. Um, On the list of like, yeah, hopefully it'll uh, come down. Four ninety nine is a little steep for rental, but hopefully it comes down. It was, I think, like a month or two back, like one ninety nine, which I don't know why it went up three bucks. Yeah, I don't know. 
but I kept hearing about it, so I finally decided to check it out. And yeah, I guess I was not disappointed though. It was it's only a, I don't know hour and a half, hour forty minutes. But yeah, what one part that's really cool is just when they were they kept they were talking about the uh, making the uh, chest burst scene work correctly. Like this is and how they would talk about it, this is going to make or break the movie. Right. If, this, if this is cheese, everything we just work for is lost. This has to work. Yeah. I mean, if that came off as cheesy, like all, so much of the movie is so believable that that scene is such a pivotal scene that it needed mm-hmm. to land. Yeah. I think if I recall, they said the director is, or the uh, screenwriter is actually not with us anymore. Let me confirm that real quick here. Yeah, I said he died in 2009 at 63. I forget what he, they said he, they said what he died from, but I can't remember. But yeah, so yeah, he is no longer with us. But yeah, what a legacy he left behind, though, with the Alien franchise and just what that became from one movie to all the sequels to games, comics, everything. Games, yeah, I know. I was actually downloading a horror game, Alien Isolation, that is supposed to be really good. And I kind of wanted to see what that was all about. That'd be cool. All right. Well, shall we move on here, Daniel, and start getting into some Alfred Hitchcock films? Watch your mouth. What's that? Mouth. I said watch your mouth, but yes, I'm ready. Today, we're going to be discussing a couple Alfred Hitchcock classics. We're going to talk the 1954 Rear Window as well as 1963's The Birds. But yeah, let's start here with the Rear Window. And do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? With, uh, I'll give, I guess I'll go first. I'll just give my kind of just quick history with the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw this movie once before. I was probably in college, so it's been quite some time. And I, I remember liking it quite a bit. Um, I think that's the first time I ever saw James Stewart in a movie. But yeah, I remember liking it. I uh, just haven't watched it till now, and it was kind of nice to see it again because it would uh, it felt fresh because I hadn't seen it in so long that I forgot quite a bit. What about you? This, so this is your first time seeing it, both these movies, I believe, right? Yeah, this is my first time seeing both of them. Um, I've heard, I've known about Rear Window. Like I kind of understood like the basic premise. Something we've seen the, uh, par- parodied the several times on different shows like Family Guy, Simpsons. Yeah, the I've Simpsons- definitely seen that parodied on. Family Sim- Guy and The Simpsons. The Simpsons, especially when Bart breaks his leg. That's the pool yeah. episode. That's one of my favorite Simpsons episodes, the pool episode. Same. Um, and we just watched that episode. Now that I've finally seen the movie, I want to watch it again. Yeah, yeah same so I've, I, I've known about it. I just never watched it. But it's one I thought that I'd always be interested in. And, well, both of these movies, I definitely liked. I like both of them a lot. Rear Window, um, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the tenseness, like the... Uh, I, don't know, I, I was I was very impressed with, and I was actually pleasantly surprised with, like how much I enjoyed this one. I was hoping that I would. It sounded like something I'd enjoy, so I'm glad that I actually did really, really enjoy watching this movie. Yeah, I mean, it starts off uh, great. I thought um, I, I just love the whole setup of of his neighborhood. You know, everybody's apartment's facing the courtyard, and just the camera swooping. We kind of get to know his neighbors a little bit. Is how it starts off. Uh, we just get a quick glimpse of who's who. You know, you got your couple that sits on the balcony. You've got your lady that likes to go sunbathe. Your gal that's a part of the ballet that likes to dance, Miss Torso. <laughs> right. Also, also liked all the nicknames he had. Miss Lonely pretty, Heart. Miss Lonely Heart. That was pretty good. <laughs> so, I yeah, like I'll, that. Go ahead. Uh, one thing that I noticed right away is like watching the set, Um, you know, like as it swoops in, it almost, it was kind of interesting to me how the way it looked here like a model of an apartment complex that had people living inside of it. Mm-hmm. Like it just looked for some reason, like really just struck me as like, it looked like a miniature, not like actually like a full size set, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm. Uh, to me, it looked like a full size apartment. They all look like very small apartments, probably not what we're used to these days or maybe it's just, I don't know, but I guess they had, you know, less things back then. <laughs> so they, they weren't clutter people like we are nowadays. It feels like probably not hoarders <laughs> but uh I, I thought it was a cool set though i mean this set was at, uh i read up the dimensions earlier but yeah i mean it was a full-scale set inside the studio they even right. had to take out the studio floor and 
the courtyard of the apartment was in the basement of the studio. But yeah, they built the whole thing around it. They shot everything um, more or less from Jeff's apartment. Which is awesome. I love that too. Yeah. So we we don't ever go inside of uh, Thorwald. Yeah. Anytime we see anything happening, it's we never go inside. The camera never goes inside these other people's apartments. It's always from Jeff's window's point of view. Just whatever he's capable of seeing is all that we see. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just thought they did a really good job setting up the community. Right. Um, they did. I thought a great job because it was like before he suspects anything going on. It was a good that because that was a good I think thirty thirty five minutes into the movie. So we've got all this character set up uh, with Jeff. I mean, we learned just in the first couple of minutes so much about him, which to me is just good storytelling. We learned that he, you know, yeah, photographer broke his leg by trying to shoot something crazy at a tr- racetrack. Is into racing in general and just taking shots like that in general. Is yeah, just by seeing all the different photographs in the background of his apartment. Like before you even like hear him talk to like oh like. Because almost immediately once you go pan over to Jeff, he, o- he answers the phone talking to like his editor or mm-hmm. someone in charge of the paper. But before that, you already got him like, oh, this guy's a photographer. You see the big camera. You see all those like well, like these really good pictures of different important events. Mm-hmm. So you, get, you already know that he's a photographer. Like you're right. That's great storytelling. And then like when he answers the phone, he kind of talks about how he broke his legs. Like great storytelling. Like, yeah, you can break in the wall. He's took the shot. Yeah, and I, I thought in general the, the dialogue was really sharp in this movie. I love the interaction between him and his caretaker, Stella. I thought yeah. their conversations were just great. <laughs> I was yeah. laughing so much at them. Like, just everything when they're talking about relationships to how she kind of predicts, like, you know, if he, if he obsesses with his neighbors too much, like looking at his window spying on them, it's just going to lead to trouble down the road. So she kind of like predicts the whole plot of this kind of. Right. But yeah, I I, don't know. I just I love their relationship. I thought um, Thelma Ritter, who plays Stella, was just perfect for the role. Yeah, and one thing I noticed right off the bat, because it wasn't until what last year that I saw It's a Wonderful Life, so I recognized the main character right away as the main is the main guy from It's a Wonderful Life, which I thought was cool. Well, have you seen Vertigo? No, I have not seen Vertigo. Okay, I was gonna say he's in Vertigo too. Yeah, that's one that's still on my list. But I thought that was interesting just because I'd never seen him. James Stewart. Until maybe with him in it. Yeah. Yeah, which that's kind of crazy too, seeing, because uh, I'd seen him in Vertigo. I've seen that a couple of times. And obviously the first time years ago in a cyber window. But yeah, I'd never seen Wonderful Life till this last Christmas season. Yeah, same. <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah. so it's kind of cool to see him do that and now be in a Hitchcock film. I did like um, his girlfriend, Lisa, too. Oh, Grace Kelly. Yeah, she was great. Your things about that is like, you know, it starts out with him talking to his caretaker about her and just be like, I don't know if she's really the girl for me. Like, I have to get down and dirty, you know, for my job. And she's not really that type of person, mm-hmm. you know. And then she like once she gets like the scent of like, oh, there might be some she's like and she loves the sleuthing too it gives her excitement like obviously like she's like gets into it and i thought that was a cool little character moment, which actually obviously brings them closer together too yeah yeah well i mean because this whole thing is like she's just too perfect for me she's just perfect in every way and it's just, i don't know if she i think it's his insecurity just like i don't know what she's doing with a guy like me i mean he he alludes that he lives paycheck to paycheck right and he's just like hey, what, what what is what does a girl like lisa want with a guy like me but yeah, I, I thought Grace Kelly did a great job in this. I've only, I think this is the only thing I've seen her in. She's been in, she was in three Hitchcock films. Uh, Dial in for Murder was one, and I forgot the other one. I can look it up here. I got the computer right here. Oh, To Catch a Thief. That was the other one. She's also in High Noon oh, okay. in 1952. I want to go see these old movies with her in it. Because, um, yeah, I loved her in this. Um, part of it's just she is a damn beautiful woman <laughs> but uh yeah she sadly she died at the age of 52 in a car accident in the 80s oh that's too bad but yeah she was 24 when she uh did this movie and that's it? yeah 24 
Damn, I forget, I forget, I forget how old Stuart was at the time, but yeah, she was only 24. I think uh, Miss Torso was 21, which she was hilarious. I, I, I don't know. It was so hilarious. Just funny watching her practice her dance moves inside her tiny apartment. I mean, she, her entire apartment, like living space is like the size of my room that I'm in right now. Right. And it was just hilarious watching her practice all her moves inside there. Yeah. I know. I kind of like, I do like how they introduce like kind of all of the like tenants of the apartment building it almost makes like the the introduction is more like you show of all these apartment buildings that are stacked on top of each other you know i don't know i I really liked how they did that and i didn't actually realize until you said it but yeah like how everything is shot from his perspective from his window Mm -hmm. that didn't that thought didn't occur to me until you said it which is even cooler (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess there was supposed to be a scene, you know, when he talks to his editor on the phone, he was supposed to go meet him in his office. And uh-huh. I guess they shot that scene, but decided later to cut it because they didn't want that to be a distraction as far as leaving his apartment goes. Because, yeah, everything happens in his apartment from the point of view of his apartment. And I thought for this kind of movie, that works out really well. Because, I mean, we as an audience feel trapped with the character. The character's got a broken leg and can't go anywhere. And shooting it all from his point of view, we, the audience, are tra- trapped with him exactly because again yeah we don't we don't follow um lisa later on when she's sneaking around the thorwald department we don't we yeah we're not with we're not with her we're seeing it right. through windows from his point of view but we're not in there with her which also and, makes you feel helpless yeah to what you actually gonna do what's he yep. gonna do right yeah his detective friend was good too i thought i, I liked everybody in this yeah uh, trying to think of some favorite parts. I mean, again, I just love the whole character setup. I love the scenes between Stella and Jeff. I thought those were just great. Uh, getting to know Lisa when she comes over and visits. I mean, I, yeah, it was just fun watching their interactions. Um, yeah, I guess let's go to the what this movie's kind of all about is the uh, murder mystery. So he suspects that his cross the courtyard neighbor has uh, murdered his wife. Starts seeing some things and starts adding it up and thinks, hmm suddenly his wife is gone you know because she was sick in bed for a long time it sounds like or at least yeah. a little while and all of a sudden she's not around in the apartment anymore and he starts seeing suspicious things saw knife rope <laughs> luggage like they do a good job of casting out because all of the things that he's like well this doesn't make sense this this and this and then his girlfriend you know like great or uh, lisa is it's like, well, she would never leave without her jewelry. I'm like, technically, well, that makes sense. That is not enough for any sort of investigation, which makes sense why he couldn't do anything about it. Right. It's just abnormal behavior. I, I did think that I did think that was funny. Like, especially with Lisa, I was like, there's no way a woman would go anywhere without her jewelry. <laughs> no way. True. It's just like it's it's just funny to like, they're like, yo, this, this, and this. And I'm thinking, like, well, I mean, I guess that's all suspicious. And altogether, it looks more suspicious. But legally, like, what are they going to do about it? They can't do anything about something like that. So, like, it casts doubt on if he actually killed her. To the point where I even thought, I'm like, maybe? And the twist ending is just like, no. She's actually exactly where she says she is, they say she is. And all that stuff. So, I was actually, like pleasantly he was guilty he did murder her because i'm like you know i i had my doubts about it throughout that i'm like well maybe that's psychological because he's been locked up in his house for so long because of his broken leg you know who knows like i'm not really i have not a lot of experience with alfred hitchcock hitchcock so i didn't know like what type of twist i could be in for but i don't know i i really like the tension in the movie i loved all the little vignettes of all like Miss Lonely, you know, and like the people bringing their dog down. Via, Wasn't like, it just sad there? when they show her go through the whole sequence of like somebody's coming, someone's at my door. Oh, come on in, come sit down. Oh, kiss on the cheek. Oh, I mean, was it? It was so. It was funny. yet so sad to watch. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Just like, <laughs> and then she just cries at the table. And I'm yeah. Oh my gosh, I felt so bad for. Her. I know. <laughs> Poor Lonely Heart, but she finds love at the end. She does, yeah. Well, and I do like how he's watching her with that one jerk who (laughs) 
trying to take advantage of her and watch but at least she stands up for herself and slaps him around oh that was that was just yeah so funny it just kicks him out immediately and real quick what's up with the miss torso so we figured out at the end that her man has been gone like at sea or at war or something yeah who are all the other guys that were over i i don't know it's like not it's- uncommon for you know dames to have visitors <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't just know. assumed that was what it was. It that was it, because you see her kiss at least one other guy, right? She, she kissed one briefly, yeah. Yeah. So I don't oh, yeah. know. Could that be innocent enough? I I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like hmm. Kind of actually forgot about that scene by the time. How did you like? Uh, what uh, I thought this was hilarious. Uh, we, his neighbor. We didn't talk about a songwriter neighbor yet. Um. I think he doesn't really have a name. He's just the songwriter, the guy that plays the piano all the time. Which, how cool would that be if some guy just right. working on music constantly just playing nice melodies and you can just hear it across the courtyard? I mean, that is pretty cool. And I like how when he's playing, like all the other tenants kind of stop and listen too. And you see that. And I thought that was actually really cool. Adds personality to like the entire place. Yeah. How'd you, uh, how'd you like his party i was watching that the other day thinking like man his apartment's not much bigger than my living room at least his main area and he's got right. like 30 people crammed in there <laughs> yeah no i thought that's with the dead dog scene oh gosh yeah that was a quite the moment i do like how the, yeah. those the party guests come out look after he, the lady says all her hysteric lines they're like oh back to the party <laughs> yeah just like Ooh, well we're done out here bye <laughs> poor dog before we talk about the dead dog though what did you think of the uh basket contraption they had where they would lower it down the courtyard to run around go to the bathroom then take it back up to the apartment smart idea if the dog's trained right you know it's perfect i thought that was awesome yeah that couple was hilarious too i love the scene you know i'm under the impression none of these apartments have air conditioning whatsoever i mean that's why you got the one couple sleeping on the on the uh, fire escape Right, and then that one night when it just pours down rain, you see them get up and struggle to get the mattress back in the window. <laughs> yeah, I like how they what they drop the uh, they drop the alarm clock that's attached to the the side, and it falls down. I so I guess this is something I read up on is Hitchcock was only given direction from uh, Jeff's room, so all the other actors across the way, you know, in the other apartments, just had earpieces. And he would give direction through their earpiece. And I guess he gave the, the couple on the balcony different directions. So, and that's how they were just going like all over the place as far as like trying to get the uh, mattress in and not making it work. Like it was all staged by Hitchcock himself and not the actors. So them fumbling around and like falling oh, okay. and like cool. falling that makes into sense the window was all like unintentional improv, I guess you will. Okay. But yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, Trying to think here. Oh, we wrap this up here. Um, I don't know any other good nuggets things. Oh, can you what? Can, when was Hitchcock the Hitchcock cameo? Hitchcock was the original Stanley who was in everything. Oh yeah, no, I noticed he was in the songwriter. Like the first time you see the songwriter, he's like the songwriter sitting at his up in that shot. Very good. Yep, he's the clock winder. Yeah. All yeah. right. Very so good. I re- I recognized him and I had to Google. I'm like. I'm like, I literally Googled, like, does he put himself in his own films? And it's just like, yes, he does. I'm like, okay, so that was him. Yep, that was him. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of some other nuggets or fun things. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we didn't really talk about the murder too much. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so he suspects the murder. I mean, I do just love, you know, the case he builds up. First, everybody's just telling him that, you know, just, you just, you're seeing things, forget it. But I do like that moment when Lisa gets on board. And what was it with the jewelry where she, where like that clicks and her like boy this doesn't make sense well it was that when she's like no 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 and then you see she gets on board when they see the they finally it he finally turns on the light in his wife's room and the mattress is all rolled up everything's kind of like there's a giant the bar oh it's the trunk box in the, there the bo- the and so i think that's ropes. when she's like okay that's this- right the, the trunk with the ropes is when she's like wait yeah, a minute yeah so I th- that's when she was on board like okay that is actually really suspicious but i loved her involvement in all this even when stella gets involved too oh yeah 
but yeah so overall i thought this was just a fun movie i enjoyed it start to finish love the characters love the direction so this was to my shock you know this is afi's top 100 list here um uh-huh. this did not get nominated for best picture it's got really it had, yeah so it had four nominees it was nominated for best director screenplay cinematography and sound recording right so all of the things that make up a best picture right rightfully so but it wasn't nominated for best picture best actors none of the actors were because i i don't know so i don't know what i have no idea what it was up against but i mean i thought everybody was great in this i mean i thought uh especially i mean i would have for supporting actress given the gal that played stella something i thought stella was great but yeah nothing for james stewart or grace kelly but yes, yeah, so I, I was very surprised about that. But yeah, it is on the AFI Top 100 list. Do, definitely goes down as a classic. Um, any last thoughts on this one before we move on here to The Birds? Uh, not really. Just I'm glad that this movie was as good as I wanted it to be. And I really just enjoyed the hell out of it. I know on Amazon here, I found a uh, Hitchcock Collection Blu-ray set that I want to pick up here soon. That's got this movie and The Birds on it. As well as like Psycho north by northwest all the good ones oh north by northwest alfred hitchcock yeah oh okay cool i didn't realize that all right well um yeah i think that kind of wraps it up here we both recommend checking out rear window it's available yeah you can just rent it on amazon and probably voodoo but yeah definitely worth seeing if you want to check out a classic all right well let's move on here daniel and let's talk some more Hitchcock here. Let's get into the birds. The birds. The birds from 1963. Hell yeah. Starring Rod Taylor, Jessica Tandy, Susan, um, could be Plachette, Plachet, I don't yeah. know. Tippy Hendren, Veronica Cartwright. Speaking of aliens, so, Actually, so, so Veronica plays Kathy, who is the, the 11-year-old sister in this movie. Say, she is right. one of the crew members on Alien. Really? The first Alien movie. She's, one of the other, she's the other female crew member. Oh. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's her, what, 16 years later? That's awesome. So, yeah, <laughs> a little trivia there. But, yeah, so the birds. Uh, I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on the birds? Give us your general thoughts here. I was actually, of both of these movies, I was not expecting to like the birds more than Rear Window. But I think it's ever so slightly above it as far as just, like, sitting down and enjoying a movie. Mm-hmm. for me like it just hits all the right notes for me like thought the acting was good i liked the story like the well what samson story it's more just the characters interacting with each other while crazy shit's happening but i enjoyed all the characters i thought oh menacing too when they were just standing around you know like when they cover like the playground equipment or when you see them like above the that, town. that was some of the best shots there and and like you said menacing was just oh my gosh like could you imagine just like what especially when they're just slowly walking by kind of like almost trying not to make eye contact with the birds if they can't help but look over at them and oh yeah and especially like at the of end them just when covering the playground equipment just still and you're like holy cow are these things gonna attack me right and like end scene when they're like walking out to the car at the very end of the movie and there's just birds everywhere covering every inch of like the grass and like on the roof and stuff that is super fucking creepy and i think it worked like i didn't i thought it to be more silly than anything else while definitely was silly and a bit campy it definitely still had like some menacing aspects to it which i was pleasantly surprised with yeah I mean, I, I for one, uh, can relate a little bit to at least her first bird attack. So she gets attacked in the boat in the beginning of the movie. And I guess let's talk about, let's just kind of go with the step by step here. So movie starts out with, uh, you know, Melanie. She works at a pet shop. Does she actually work there? She 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 doesn't work there. She was there to buy birds. 
Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought I was under the impression she worked there, and was when we first see her walking down the street, she was on her way to work. Why did I think she worked there? I don't know. Maybe it was just her interaction with the lady that worked there. I thought they were employees. I don't know. No, I mean when the guy shows up, Walt shows right. That was his name, right? Walt. Mitch. Mitch. I don't know why I said Walt. It's right there too. <laughs> anyway, when Mitch shows up, he kind of like knows she doesn't work there, but she pretends that she does for a prolonged period of time, which I thought was really weird. I'm like, why are you doing this? You don't work there. And you obviously don't know what you're talking about either. Right. But I do like the funny reveal that he's like, actually, I was just playing you. I know who you are. But yeah, no, because it yeah, starts out in a bird pet store or a pet store with birds in it. And then you move to like a remote, like coastal town, like 60 miles away from San Francisco. Yep. where the rest of the movie takes place. And her essentially just chance encounter to go and visit this guy. Well, her. talk talk about a charmer. My God, he talked to her for like two minutes. And everything she does between that encounter and their next encounter is just crazy to me. Uh, like, just that two-minute interaction. And she is like hooked. Like, oh my God, I got to see this guy again. Yeah, it's more or less because she's like, he's charming, but also he knows her, but she doesn't know him. So that kind of like adds to the like allure of like, well, now I need to figure out who he is and how does he know me? You know, still, it's still, it's like she went through a lot. I mean, to get in her car and drive 60 miles to go find this guy. Yeah. She drove, she bought two, I mean, it's one thing to buy the birds and then drive them to his apartment. That's one level. It was just like, wow, that's kind of crazy. And then right. it goes to, okay, he's not there. Well, I'm going to drive two hours to this coastal town. Yeah, he's, he goes to this place on the weekends. Oh, well, then I'll just, hey, what, I'm not doing anything this weekend. I'll just drive up there. Screw it. And then I'm going to find a boat, you know, rent a boat, find out where he lives, rent a boat. Just like one thing after another. No. Oh, yeah. To, and then put, put these in his house and sneak rent, away. You know. I know she breaks into his house essentially like you know she didn't break in the door was open but I'm like you go into his house you leave the birds then you just walk out I'm like what a creep I don't know it's just weird it was so just funny and weird to me because I just I don't know any woman that would do this like I don't know if she just hasn't been laid in years I don't know anyone who would do that but I mean talk I mean she went like hoop after hoop to set this all up and meet this guy again right after that two minute encounter Anyway, that brings yeah. us to our story, though. Of, like, she ends up in this like town, sixty miles north of San Francisco, and uh, that's when things start to attack. Like, yeah, we get our first small bird attack by the seagull that attacks her in the boat, right. and it actually, I think what it was it like fifty or so minutes into the movie is when we get our first real bird attack when the seagulls attack the birthday party. Yeah, I was actually was thinking about that when watching both of these movies. The like the plot, the murder plot in Rear Window doesn't really start till about back same length as Birds. And yeah, the birds like you don't really see the birds attack until forty five minutes to fifty minutes into the movie, as yeah. well. Because you get like, the you're one there lo- for almost an hour before he lets you in on what you came to see. Right? Because you, you get the one. You get the one. You get the one seagull like to- that that attacks her in the boat, and then you get the one seagull that hits the door when she's staying at the lady's house. But. Uh, Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, okay. Wait, what? I think my internet bugged out again. Are you still okay. It's yeah. Still it's still recording, though. So, yeah, I guess I was saying you got the what, those two small counters, and then you got – it's not to the bird. The, the party is awesome. I think what's funny, too, is, like, the kids scatter <laughs> instead of all just going in the house together. They scatter instead. But, I mean, hey, yeah. I'll give it to them. They're kids. They don't know what the hell's going on. Never right and birds before right and like the scene at with the kids again like running out of the school was also an amazing scene of just like them getting yeah. like really attacked like that's the first time like after you see like a couple attacks by like a few rogue birds the school is when the first time it really feels like there's a lot of tension mm-hmm. yeah that that attack is crazy and just kid, all the kids running getting pecked at birds die bombing um birds are just pecking at their backs i still love the visual too when they're at the brenner's home and all the birds come flying through down the chimney into the living room that yeah. vis- the visual of that is to this day is just still pretty amazing i think 
you're just like, oh my gosh, wow. I mean, just think what they had to do back then too. You have real birds and I guess cartoon birds for your CGI back in the day. Yeah. But I know, because some of them looked real, some of them looked fake. I mean, there's... But I was surprised, like, how good most of it looked. Like, as far as just, like, when the birds attack and stuff, like, it looks it looks pretty decent for the time, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. No, I mean, it holds it, up pretty well. Definitely does, I think. And, I mean, you got that one scene, too, with her sitting on the bench outside the school when they start first start gathering onto the equipment. I mean, yeah. talk, talk about after, you know, after all these weird encounters, getting a little freaked out. Plus, was was the uh, school oh. scene after she had been to the guy's house and seen him dead? Yeah, I guess she, I guess she didn't see him dead. The uh, the guy's mother saw him dead. I'm trying to remember that. I think that was after. Okay, I, yeah, because I guess it was uh, what was the whatever the mother's name was, Mrs. Brenner. <laughs> yeah, which by the way, is that guy like uh, is that guy like thirty years older than his sister? <laughs> Mitch looks like he's like yeah I don't know 40 his sister's like 11 um I actually did look it up and uh Rod Taylor and, and uh Tippy Hendren were the same age they were both 32 in this film so okay so he's in his early 30s but yeah he's got a sister that's 11 and looks like nothing in between <laughs> his parents just randomly had another kid 20 years later hey why not <laughs> why not <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny but uh what was I going to say? But yeah, so the mother sees that one guy dead, which that, that whole scene is just nuts. The after effects are just, and I, I do love when she's, uh, this is after their house was attacked. She's walking right. through to go find him and sees all the um, coffee cups hanging and cracked. Yeah. You know, half, half, half missing. Right. Half, like half the cup missing and the rest hanging. I thought that was a really cool visual. And she goes back to the room and then to discover him just, Dead on the ground. Dead on the ground, eyes picked out. Oh, gosh. That was actually surprisingly... I was pretty surprised by that shot, because I'm like, oh, man, that actually looks pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, good job. Practical effects for the win. Fucking right? win every time. That's, uh, that's why you go with practical effects. Yeah, one of my favorite bird attacks is uh, in the town. So I, I love the part, too, and that the one guy gets mauled by a couple birds. He falls to the ground, and the gas starts spilling out of the pump and then yeah. the other guy they're like don't light it don't light it and he's like oh, oh. He burns his hand drops the match boom he's up in flames his car's up in flames but then i love you go to that aerial shot i know and then and then all the bursts are coming into the screen at, you know in that aerial shot and like go down to attack i mean i thought that was just great which leads to one of my favorite visuals is is uh her inside the phone booth just yeah. screaming with birds everywhere. She, I, I just love the visuals of that. And then the birds keep like hitting the glass and you see them like kind of break the glass every time they run into it. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's such a cool visual. Like, I literally wrote, when they're all in the restaurant and then shit hits the fan. Shit hits the fan. <laughs> I do love the part, the part two or the one gal is, you brought this to our town. You were the first one they attacked. Our town was just fine until you got here. You're evil. And she just goes up and just slaps her. I wrote that down too. Like, I think you're evil. Evil. Slap. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to be accused of that shit either since they're attacking you too. Right? (laughs) I just got the hots for your son, lady. Come on. Give me a break. Some fucked up coincidence. Right? (laughs) I like how she slaps her and no one's like, hey, I can't believe you did that. They're all just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. It's a different time. (laughs) Like, yeah, I mean, she probably deserved that. Yeah, just, like everybody's going fucking crazy. I get that you're freaking out, but also someone needed to slap you to bring it back to reality. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh gosh. <laughs> but uh, one of the other things we talked like the end boarding up all the house when they're they boarded up the house and they're all inside. Something I noticed that I really liked about that scene is when like the birds start attacking the outside of the house, is no one is speaking. None of the characters are saying anything. They're not really making any noise. So all you hear are the birds. Yeah, I had that written down too. Just the and I was watching this uh, with headphones on too, like my nice surround sound headphones. So you just got the just the sound of all the birds around the house flocking around the house, pecking at the house. That's all you hear. Yeah, everybody is silent. 
like I said, like this, the, these scenes were just brilliantly shot. I thought just pecking at the house, you see at the one door beaks coming through the door little by little trying to get through the board. I mean, uh, and then when she goes up to the upper room and then closes the door and sees the hole, or by the time she figures out what's going on, it's too late. She backs on the door, closing it, and then they just start attacking her like crazy. Uh, yeah. Again, I just love the visual of it. I guess it took them almost a week to shoot that one scene, which that was kind of the uh, shower scene of this movie. Kind of, although I was thinking, I'm like, it's it's nitpicky, but like her opening, I'm like, okay, you have a flashlight don't open it like crack it shine the light in you should be able to see the birds before you're all the way inside the door Mm -hmm. you know but they don't but i mean that's like i said nitpicky but i still like that scene a lot talk about ptsd that she's gonna have later (laughs) yeah well i mean i think it's essentially they're all i mean kind of assumedly going to die yeah well maybe that's a, yeah. Then that's what you're waiting for at the end too, when they finally slow. I mean, I just love that whole sequence of him going and getting the car, taking yes. it to the front, them getting in and slowly leaving. That was extremely stressful just, to watch. It is. It's oh, that's why it's so brilliantly done. Yeah, it is just so stressful to watch, and you're just kind of waiting, like before it fades to black. You're waiting, like are the birds going to just lift up and just go, rush toward the car? Yeah, because you've already seen what a handful of birds can do to a single person. There's literally birds everywhere you can, everywhere you look, gotcha. and they're all just kind of looking it's at such, him. It's such a cool visual, like last shot though. God, I just love it. it just, there's all over the house, on the gutters, just porch, on the railings, everywhere, right. all over the lawn, the driveway. So good. And what kind of car is that that she drove? I like that car. I thought it was like a sports car. I don't know. I like they little, say they say what type of car it is once in the movie. I think. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it again and find out. Yeah, a little two two door convertible. Look like a two nice door one. convertible with the back seat. Stick shift. I mean, everything was stick shift back then. Oh, I miss stick shift. Well, and so something that I thought was interesting because you know, like at the end of the movie when it's kind of like oh the birds took over this town they all get in the car to take uh grace kelly what's her character name or what's what's the girlfriend's name uh melanie daniels yeah melanie's the blonde wearing the green jacket that was another another thing i love too is when she's in the boat she's in this gross little boat dressed dressed to the nines got her makeup and nails done wearing a fur coat and just paddling in this old rickety boat (laughs) Oh, I did think that was funny when he's like, oh, have you ridden one of these before? Well, of course. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, but leave it, do it. <laughs> when he sees who it is through but, the binoc- uh, binoculars too, he's like, he just has this like grin on his face. Like, oh yeah, I knew she'd come to me. <laughs> I like how he uh, obviously like, he can drive around way faster than you can boat across. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not way faster, but faster. Yeah. Well, uh, she, she wanted to sneak up on the um, house, though. I did. I, I did know, think that was funny. Uh, yeah. So apparently, like, when everything happens, so they get in the car and drive away, and then it kind of like says, like, you know, the end, right? And so you kind of think, like, oh, maybe everything's gonna be okay. Maybe they die. Who knows? Apparently, the original ending of the movie, which they shot, shows them arriving in San Francisco at the Golden Gate Bridge, and the Golden Gate Bridge is completely just covered with birds. Helps they can't get into the city. It's oh. more or less to like show that like this is an apocalypse. That would have been a cool visual to represent like the end of the world. Yeah, but they said. I guess the studio execs were like, well, then people will think it's the end of the world. And, you know, that was apparently the point. It's like, yeah, that's what we want them to think. Because, I mean, yeah, because that kind of would drive it home. Because until, until you would see that point, or until you see that shot, you think, okay, maybe this is just an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. But that would just drive it home. They're like, oh, this is, this is it. Which I thought would be really cool. They'd include that alternate ending. That'd yeah, be pretty sweet. That would, been, that would have been awesome to see. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other like fun scenes or moments here. 
I don't know. Again, as far as actors go, I liked everybody cast in this film. I thought they were great. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any snippets, any pieces of trivia. I know the actress lied about her age because she was 32 when they shot this, and she lied about being like 28 or something like that. Because <laughs> I, I think it's in Hollywood at the time. It's like your first big break. You should be younger when you're doing your first big break as a as a uh, actress. I don't know. <laughs> so she lied about her age. I guess she lied about it for years on end, and finally one day it's like, oh, I'm actually was born this year, so I'm actually a couple years older than as I am. Hey, fake it till you make it. It works. Right. She's still around, too. She's, uh, I think, 90 now. Damn. Tippy Hendren. Yeah, I think she's 90 now. Uh, what'd you think of uh, Mrs. Hayworth, the teacher? I liked her character, and then when you just see her fucking dead on, like, her porch, like, obviously just, like, just fell over and died in Kathy's inside her house, that was actually pretty... I was also pretty kind of, like, sh- I guess I was, again, like, kind of taken back i'm like whoa like this is also i mean i was i guess i'm pleasantly surprised again that you know like horror what counted as horror in like the 60s and 70s appear now if like if it even like feels like it's horror whatsoever but like with these movies it still felt like yeah it was campy but there was still some good tension there were some good visuals and there was also just i don't know just like good things like great things like the teacher just being dead on her steps that are just like disturbing to see yeah now do you think this could have been a little shorter i feel like this one could have been like 20 minutes shorter somehow at least i mean i mean technically since there's a very loose plot like you could have cut out any one of the scenes and it made it shorter but i still enjoyed all of the scenes i still enjoy this movie throughout the entire runtime yeah no, it's good. I, I do feel like, I don't know, I feel like 20 minutes cut would have made it just a little bit better. I don't know. But I don't know what you take out either. But yeah. overall, yeah, very satisfying movie. Again, the characters are great. A lot of good character build up before the birds start going crazy. And then the, when the, all the scenes of the birds attacking are just awesome. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's a fun movie to watch. It's, uh, I was going to say something else here. I can't remember what now. Oh, I was going to share. So have you ever been attacked by a bird? I have not. No? So I've had one crow come after me once. It was kind of crazy. So oh, really? I'm walking through a parking lot to my car, and this crow is in the distance, and it's like it looks like it's kind of getting lower and lower and lower, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, is that thing coming after me? And next thing you know, I mean, this thing is like literally like coming right from my head, like just swooping down from the sky, coming right from my head. I remember dropping to the ground. There's nothing else to do. It was like dropped straight to the ground. Thing flew over my head, kept going, did a U-turn and started coming back. (laughs) I remember like thinking to myself, like, I don't know what the hell is going on, but I'm out of here. I remember just running to my car at that point and hiding in the no it was i mean what I'm else gonna, are you gonna do i don't know what it saw but it was coming straight from my head i was able to dodge it and then it came back for more i was got the hell out of there i don't know what was going on but yeah i have had a bird try to attack me before damn that's crazy so yeah i can totally uh, relate to the characters in this you know especially the melanie daniels character i can totally relate yeah <laughs> But yeah, that's my Sweet. bird attack story. But, but yeah, oh man. Urban still, attack by a bird. Still kind of gives you chills when you're walking around and you see like all these crows on a power line or like somewhere like at the park. You're just like, right. what's going to happen? Yeah, no, exactly. While I was watching, I, hear, I kept hearing birds outside and I just kind of like kept like as it was getting deeper into me, like started flinching. I'm like, what, what the fuck was that? What was that? <laughs> it's wrong. I get it. Was that a duck? Oh God! Yeah, it's like, huh? Ah, ah. I know. I mean, think of think of uh, I mean, this mo- people, this movie probably gave some people PTSD after they saw in theaters, where they did see birds like on power lines above, and like, oh, oh God, oh God, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Oh, I'm sure. But all right, well, why don't we wrap it up here? That is our talk for Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daniel, uh, where can they find us? They can find us online, movies underscore brews, Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you think about the Hitchcock movie. 
let us know. Thanks, everybody, for uh, checking it out. Again, both these movies, you can find them uh, just on Amazon. You have to rent them. But, yeah, they're available out there. And definitely worth taking a look at. Uh, thanks for downloading the podcast. We hope everybody is staying safe out there. Hopefully, the movie theaters will be opening up soon. And, yeah, I'm ready to go back to the theater, see some uh, Chris Nolan movies, some Top Gun, some Black Widow. I'm ready. But that's it for this week, and we'll see you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.